Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Mike Warren. I'm uh, one of the ICPC trainers. I'm also a full time celebrant, and it's a, an absolute pleasure to be here today to be able to hold a meeting with some very special ICPC trainers in front of me. So that's really good. So I'd like to introduce each in turn. So why don't you kick off, Max? Hi, my name is Maxine. I am a professional celebrant. I do that as a part-time role um, and I am delighted to be part of the team at the International College of Professional Celebrants where we offer training up in the beautiful um, High Trend House in Yorkshire. So I've just been up there. Um, I'm Julie Zaker. I am the Operations Director for ICPC, as we call it, the International College of Professional Celebrants. And I'm also a part-time celebrant, so I'm one very busy person. <laughs> and if you weren't busy julie you'd get bored i'm Stuart morris and i'm a full-time celebrant and uh, i also am the founder of the international college of professional celebrants so as these three are fond of saying it's all my fault <laughs> no it's a pleasure an absolute pleasure Stuart. you know it is well we've uh, got together today to talk about different things it sort of follows on from maybe your your journey to you may have looked at a previous podcast should I become a celebrant which is really interesting to sort of hear uh, all, all different people's perspectives you may have gone online and uh, chosen the quiz and at the end of that you've got to a point where you thought I'm not really sure whether celebrancy is for me and it's absolutely vital that you identify that at the early stage because you don't want to invest in loads of training and then realize actually celebrancy isn't for you but it's important to find out maybe you know identify why 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 that's the case you know if it's not the right career path for you let's i say let's decide that now and let's think about why a celebrancy training provider like ourselves would be discouraging maybe people from going into celebrancy well we do a lot of encouraging don't we but we also have to recognize that some people it's just not the right career path for them they may not have the skills they may not have the inclination they may not have the finances it just may be wrong for them and it might be good for us to discuss today as we drink just over coffee some of those things that um, might be the things that that uh, could prevent uh, people going down that particular route i think the key thing here here is that you really do have to want to be an a, a celebrant and it's all about wanting to uh, develop that that um, those skills as well Let's start off, first of all, one thing I've got in front of me is about not, I've got a few notes here, and it's about not really being a people person. I wondered if we can just talk about sort of, why do you have to be a people person as a celebrant? You know, what, what's, what's the issue there? So maybe, uh, Julie, could you, I wondered if you could kick, yes, kick of off Yes, of course. And I think the things that you've just even 
brushed upon are really important that you that doing your research and really giving a lot of consideration to if celebrancy is the right role for you is absolutely to be encouraged and we encourage all people all our delegates who come and train with us we encourage to do that do their research have a really good think about about if it's the right role for them just going a little bit off your question but i'll come back to it is that um, when I trained to become a teacher, um, I assumed that everybody who was learning how to be a teacher would have very, very similar um, attributes or essential qualities. And yet I know three people in mm. my year who once qualified and got a job almost immediately gave it up because it wasn't right for them. They didn't like it. So we encourage people to really have um, a very good idea of what the job entails first before you commit to training and spending some money on setting up a new business. The people, the people part is probably the core. So the heart of the role is about dealing with people at the most important times in their lives. So it could be at the baby, the naming of their baby. It could be at their wedding or their vow renewal, or it could be when they're saying a farewell to someone at a funeral. Each of those cases, it's important that you like people and that you're curious and you want to know their story because it's up to the celebrant to tell that life story or to tell that love story. If you're not a people person and you're not curious about people and what makes them tick, you're at a disadvantage immediately because the caring part, the wanting to know, to fulfill all the details and write creatively about that person or people is, is very, very important. That's really, that's really important actually, because you are, people buy into you, they buy into you uh, and what you, what you stand for, because you are self-employed as a celebrant most of the time, and you are offering your services, but they, you're offering yourself. And people are looking at you and they buy into who you are. So it's really important, isn't it, that you are somebody who is, um, has integrity, somebody who's professional, but there's other other skills that uh, and attributes that people look for that actually help help people link up with you and connect with you as a celebrant because after all they're going to be sharing um, a major part of their life um, whether it's their plans for a wedding or maybe it is um, their a life of a loved one and you are a stranger and you need to be a people person and link up with them quickly. So I wondered, uh, Maxine, whether whether there's any particular skills that you need in terms of engagement with people. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, top of the tree every single time is listening. You have to be able to listen. Most importantly, you have to be able to hear. And there's a really big difference with that. So, um, you know, you've got to, we all talk about things and people will be talking to us and all of a sudden our mind disappears off and we go oh uh, I'm, I'm gonna I forgot to add something to my shopping list or whatever you have to really listen and you have to so if you find that difficult there are ways around it and we can all practice it um but it's really something to think about the second the second bit is hearing so um you know what are they saying 
what does that mean and what does that mean what do you have to do about it what is their you know do they need help um, is it something they've said particularly about the ceremony so you've really got to be able to interpret that so it it does mean that you have to be a people person because if you're not naturally curious as julie said and you don't find yourself um, being that type of person you've really got to question whether or not when you go and see a family or a couple um or you know any any other person who'd be wanting a, a a service or a ceremony if that's really for you so you can practice it and um you know start to pay attention when people are talking to you and you're having that conversation for example um are you really listening to them or are you just waiting for a space to answer so it's really you can you can start to think about it but it's very important that you do that's that's brilliant thank you very much maxine that's brilliant how about um I was thinking, Stuart, if you don't mind, you know, some people do say, well, I I don't have enough money, you know, I, it's not the best time sort of thing. So I wondered if if you're, you know, it's a big thing, moving careers, starting start starting something new. And if people just don't have that um, investment at that stage in their career, what would your advice be? really simple and it may sound a little bit harsh but don't do it um right. i think it's it, it's fundamental to good money management is understanding what you've got and, and what you can afford and for people who are saying you know, i really want to do this but i haven't got the money please don't get yourself into financial difficulty to to do this it would be irresponsible of us yes. to to say yes give us your money it'll be fine um it, it would be irresponsible for anybody to do that in in any career in any way and i'm not going to say yes it's fine you'll make lots of money being a celebrant you might not and so only go down this road only spend this money if it's something you've saved up for and can afford to do. Because if it isn't and you end up it taking you know, two or three months more than you thought it was going to, to get your business off the ground, or you, you get cracking and actually you discover it's not for you, then that puts you into financial difficulty. And I don't want to be part of a process that puts you into financial difficulty. So I, I think, that's a kind of a brutal but very honest answer is if if you're struggling about it save up for longer you know do the course next year instead of this year whatever it is but do not put yourself into financial difficulty to, to change career in any any direction thank you Stuart so it's not just a I was just thinking what you were saying there that actually it's not just about not having enough money for training but also you need to you need, you know it's it's your life as well and your career and it's about also when you've trained you know do you have enough money to be able to live day to day and it's that it's a decision that you make um on your own sometimes and and sometimes with your partner and your family and it's a big life-changing thing so you need everyone around you don't you so, yeah, and in a way we're trying to put you we're trying to put you off um because when you come we want you to be sure that you're in the right place yes absolutely and, and doing that is really important isn't it sort of making sure that you you've thought through all of those steps 
uh, about financial manage management as well, making sure that it's the right thing for you to do. And this is what this podcast is about, just making sure that this is the right step for you. I mean, you know, we are a training provider of celebrancy and it's an unusual <laughs> podcast to do. Why shouldn't you become a celebrant? I mean, you know, it's unusual. However, you know, it's important to actually weigh up those those skills and Mike, if you're if you at the right me, time in your life. I was just going to, no, there's other, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I just story, felt it was really important to just link with what you were just saying about it seems a strange message. But I think that we we are not um, mm. a, a celebrate a celebrant making factory. We actually want quality people with the right essential qualities coming in to be trained because they're going to be wearing our badges. They're going out into the world with an ICPC badge on. So we want to train the best people to be the best celebrants and to work within the ICPC family. That means if we have to put some people off because it's not quite a right fit, thanks Maxine, not quite right the right fit, then that's better that we do that. It's better for the profession generally, it's better for us as ICPC, and it's better for the individual celebrants who come in, who will then be working alongside people who have the same qualities as they do. And the other thing I wanted to say, and I'm sorry if I'm hogging, um, is that, um, the course costs £2,725 <laughs> if you come on the residential, includes everything, or every part of it is inclusive. That's actually not a lot of money to set up a business. Okay, there'll be, there'll be things like a website you might want to invest in, or there'll be some marketing materials. But really, even if you said it's £3,000, that's a very small amount to set up a business. So that's actually a big plus. Mm. But as you have rightly said, Stuart, it's not just about the initial amount, it's about waiting for that business to start creating the money. And so therefore it has to be thought about for, you know, six months probably, I would say. Um, think, how am I gonna survive for six months? I got it. this is my first outlay. Can I then manage with a smaller income for six months? And if the answer is no, I can't, that also probably excludes you from training because you need to make sure that you can survive. So some really good points I think from from Stuart and, and Mike there. We can, we can spread the cost of training though can't we yeah, as well. Yeah we can, that's sometimes yeah, it's actually, doesn't it? Yeah. But I think also there's, a, there's an element which some people come into celebrancy just full of themselves and actually if if you are sitting there full of self-doubt you know can i do this can i serve families can i then you're probably in a better position you're probably going to make a better celebrant than somebody who says of course i can do this this is not a problem <laughs> that that arrogance and that lack of self-awareness probably means that you're not a very empathetic person and i know there are going to be people who are insulted by me saying that and and that's fine please don't buy our product um, but if you're sitting there at home going, I want to do this, but I'm not sure that I've got the skills or I'm not sure that I'm, then you probably are the right person because you're questioning, you're, you're seeking to be a, a better celebrant, a better human being. You're not coming with that sort of narcissistic arrogance. Um, and I, I'm, you know, as you probably guess, not afraid of upsetting people. 
if you're upset by what I've just said, you're probably not the right kind of person to become a celebrant. And if you're sitting there going, no, that's me, then you probably, in terms of self-doubt, then you probably are the right kind of person to become a celebrant. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. We we all struggle with self-doubt all day day long. (laughs) Can I I do this? Can I do it well? (laughs) I think some of those self-doubt, they come from... uh, going into celebrancy but thinking particularly on the on the on the speaking side the public speaking side that is a worry for people and they sometimes find that very difficult to actually move move from and will I get an opportunity to develop this I was just thinking Max um, from the course side now what opportunities uh, are there to develop that particular skill of being able to speak out? Um, you get an awful lot of practice. Um, we, we structure the course um, in, a, uh, in, in a way where um, we've have, we have thought about it and we've thought about your journey throughout the week. Um, and the first couple of days, there's a lot of information going on. Um, but again, it's the foundations and the building blocks. It's have I, have I got the tools and the methodologies and the approach? Do I because you need all of those before you even start to think about getting on your feet um so once we've done that and you know by the end of day two sometimes people are a little bit cross-eyed because there is a little bit of information um but by that time they're raring to get onto their feet so there are lots of opportunities um and it's a very safe environment um it's an environment where people want to give you positive feedback sometimes negative feedback but in a in a way that helps you to 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 develop it's a very kind environment so you know nobody's going to be laughing if you stumbled over a word or you've missed a piece um because we give you tips and techniques so once we've seen you know what you need we can feed back to you and say well i noticed this happened and, and this is going to help you out so for example how you annotate your scripts how you might put difficult world words in bold when you pause as, it, as some practical examples of what you can do to, to make yourself a better public speaker um julie's from a theatrical background okay. we have lots of fun don't we julie with warm-ups um, where we get a little bit silly but looking after your voice is a really, really important part. We'll talk about how you deal with um, with nerves and then we'll give you op- opportunities to practice. So it starts in little short bits throughout the week and you build up to the end of the week um, to deliver your eulogy. And it is such a rewarding um, thing for, for the trainers to see because we've seen people coming in from being nervous, especially around public speaking, to getting up there on their lectern, standing, looking confident and delivering a, a beautiful eulogy. So we will take you on that journey um, and reminded immediately of, support. of somebody who That's was amazing. very worried about public speaking because they had a stutter and this was on a recent course. And she at the end of the week, she stood up and confidently delivered her ceremony, her eulogy without a single problem not a stammer not a stutter and it, she got a big round of applause because she'd learned ways of doing of, of techniques that meant, meant that she didn't worry about it at all so that was a great story that's brilliant that's really good so there's a lot to look forward to 
on on our ICPC course that we run. Um, but going back to the original question about some of those things that you might be worried about or why you shouldn't uh, go into celebrancy. Um, some people come into celebrancy. I've met one or two that that want to come in and it's there's no passion there at all for, for the actual role. And all they want to do is that they want to make money. So I wonder, Julie, what would you say about about to people like that? Is is it a, a, Does such a, a thing exist anywhere, Mike? Here? That's what I want to know. Um, not <laughs> at all. I think if your prime motivation is to make money quickly, this maybe isn't quite the right role for you. I think talking to the delegates who come and train with us, they share a passion for people and for wanting to make a difference in people's lives. So I think that's far more of an element than the, the you know, the get rich quick, um, I'm going to make loads of money. Saying that, yeah. uh, we also have examples who we, people we have trained who have gone out, help a leather if you like, and have built their business up extraordinarily quickly and are making very good money and have got a name for themselves and they're doing very well, thank you very much. I would say more people run it alongside other jobs, run it part time, have come to it in later life. So don't depend on that money and want to do it at their own pace. So I think with whatever journey you are on in those examples, celebrancy can fit in with your lifestyle. But I think the one it won't fit in is the get rich quick. No, that's brilliant. Thank you very much, Julie. That's great. So one thing in the we in our week that we train with uh, uh, or train to is about those difficult deaths. Difficult subject, but some people don't want to go into celebrancy purely on that reason. They they don't want to talk about death, and they may find it just too challenging, maybe because of personal experience. Although. Obviously, on, on our course that we provide, we are covering all ceremonies, weddings as well. But if people don't want to talk about death, is, is that a big stumbling block? I, who would like to answer that? Shall I pick that one up? Yes, please. I Thank think, you. And it's worth thinking about the, the whole of celebrancy in, in the rites of passage from baby namings, coming of age, engagement ceremonies, marriage, wedding ceremonies, vow renewals and funerals, that if we look at that whole range of, of things that celebrants do and, and all of the yes. other you know, opening businesses and, and all sorts of other ceremonies, there, there's plenty of space. And one of the, the fundamental tenets of, of ICPC is that we will teach you to do all ceremonies which means that you will be better at the ones you specialize in because you understand the nature of the rites of passage within community life. But also yeah. understanding how a good funeral works means actually you can do a better wedding and, and vice versa. For lots of us, though, when I made it my full time job, I thought I was going to be all over weddings. And actually, I started feeling quite quickly, I'm not enjoying weddings I'm, I'm i don't like doing lots of them but discovered that i really enjoyed doing funerals so so my focus changed from from weddings to funerals and because i was 
trained to do both, I had that option. I think a really good example of why training to do both is, is better economically as well as being making you a better celebrant is just during 2020, you know, I, we knew celebrants who had 40 plus weddings booked, which would have been a really lucrative year, who were unable to do one because of the COVID lockdowns. Whereas if they'd had also had a funerals business running alongside, there were plenty of funerals to be taken. And so looking at both enables you to mix and match. It enables you to balance your own preferences with financial needs. But I think also, you know, it's perfectly acceptable to say, I don't want to do a particular kind of funeral or even just a one-off you know, funeral director phones you up so can you do a funeral next Thursday and I'm planning to have a duvet day. And, yeah. and I can just say, you know, no, I can't. And I don't have to explain why, you know, that I'm just going to sit cuddled up with my cat and duvet and just enjoy having a really uh, down day. You don't have to explain it to anybody, but we do often get people who said, you know, go and focus on weddings, they focused on weddings. And then uh, one particular example I'm thinking of where the couple had a baby and they lost the baby and they asked that celebrant to take the funeral for the baby. And that celebrant had always said, I couldn't do baby funerals. But because of the history, because of the relationship with that couple said, you know what, I'm going to, to take that baby funeral. And they did. And it was excellent. And it was hard. And it was really difficult. And I don't think they'll ever do another baby funeral. But because they knew how, they were able to care for that family in a much more holistic way. So actually celebrancy, you know, we may say we don't want to do something, a particular kind of ceremony, but sometimes it throws you a curveball and actually you do, you pick it up yeah. and you run with it and you discover that you are good for it. It, it gives you the flexibility to do that. That's brilliant. Thank you very much, Stuart. That's really important. So um, I was just thinking in the back of my mind, I know people that they they burn the candle at both ends uh you, you know and and you might get away with that in some some things uh, or they're a real procrastinator and they will leave everything until the last minute and does that does that really work within celebrancy no no so julie Not that you do you can think leave it, things it, to what, the last moment and procrastinate i think it's it's well, sort of that I struggle with personal organisation or something like that. If, if someone said, said that, that you yes, know, what if would... somebody said that to me, oh, I think an the... amber flag yeah. would go up. Because as Maxine has, has talked about, I think on other oh. um, podcasts, the need to be organised when you are juggling funerals and wedding ceremonies and vow renewals and the time that each of those takes you have to be very organized you have to keep good records you have to know what stage you're at with each of the ceremony during the summer months when you have weddings every single weekend well that's that's really challenging actually have i done that bit have i got that script done have i done the presentation script um i know maxine uses trello to organize herself i couldn't quite get my head around it but we all have to create a system where we can check where we're at. Have we, are we on 
time with each thing that we have to do in order to be completely ready for the ceremony. If you if that's not your forte, if you really are all over the place and your desk, well, you've forgotten what your desk looks like because it's covered in stuff, then maybe <laughs> you've either got to find a way of organising yourself or maybe this isn't the right role for you because it is part of being self-employed and organised that you need to be have those skills to be um, a successful celebrant, I would say. Yeah, so being having systems and being well organized is so important, quite a crucial part because you it's your business, it's your it's your celebrancy business. You need to know where things are, you need to be able to have a system for knowing when exactly. things need to be done. But what happens if you're yeah, but what happens if if you're not reliable? I mean, where does you know? Where does that stand, you know, in terms of your reputation? Max, what do you think about that? I think that um, you are, your your reputation is your business. Um, there's a lot of businesses where you're only as good as your last gig, to be honest. And celebrancy is very, very much um, a, a, a case of that. And I think it is difficult, I um, especially if you're doing it part-time and you're juggling more than one role. Um, I know that I live with my Outlook calendar. I um, Every single part of my day, I know what I'm doing. Um, and it's, it's really important because if you, you know, imagine if you got to a wedding late or a funeral late or you didn't plan in your travel time um, or you, you know, just from a, we've been talking about mental health in another podcast the amount of work because you've forgotten to do stuff and you're up at midnight um finishing off a funeral it's 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 just not good and you know there are lots of tools out there um available and you can do it but you, you if you find that um difficult there are ways that you can approach that and make it easier if you think it's a pain and a chore and you're more of the type of person who's a bit laissez-faire likes to see where their day leads them um and that's that's absolutely fine um, because we're all very different um then then you really need to think about um have i got um i think the discipline am i disciplined enough to manage my time in order to make sure that i um provide the service to my couples and, uh, and my families and my other clients in order to do the job well without stressing myself out too much. That's really helpful. Thank you very much, Maxine. So think carefully. I mean, some of those people might say, actually, I've got too much on my plate. Well, maybe that's the wrong time uh, for you now to be able to do it, or you're just not organised enough. And maybe celebrancy isn't the right thing for you. Maybe the money is not in the right place and you, you haven't quite, you're not quite ready for that commitment at the moment. Or maybe you struggle with death and, and talking about that and supporting families because of your challenges in life. And maybe you just, you just feel that this is not the right thing. Think carefully about that. We don't want to discourage you from uh, pursuing a celebrancy career, do we? naturally we want to encourage everybody but we do want to encourage you to be in the right place at the right time with everything that you need in place so that it's a success for you so thanks for joining us every everyone thank you thanks